0: Honey bee, oh, honey beehive, got it. I was trying to figure out what that meant for us. Like,
1: <laughs> Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Deplorable Nation. I'm your host, Deplorable Janet, and today I have a lovely new guest to the show, uh, but not new to me because I was on his show recently. So um, welcome, Mr. John the Fed. Uh, this is going to be an interesting conversation. Uh, to say the least and cover a wide range of topics but tell people what your show is sure. first of all and how you got started
0: sure thing well first off uh thank you for for having me on your show and not after coming online going this guy's just 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 a, <laughs> just a loon Woo-hoo! so yeah so you number who this uh, no so the uh the the podcast is called "How the Hell Did We Wind Up Here." It's a pretty simple, uh, pretty simple premise. We all know the world is a, a, a messed up place. You know, we look around and we can identify multiple, multiple ways that this world has just gone off its rocker um, really quick. But in the podcast community, it seems you know a lot of times we like to throw throw ideas around or throw keywords around, but never really back up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what what we claim. You know that's that's a general statement. Granted, there are some who are out there who do a fantastic job of not just making the claim but backing up you know where they're getting Mm -hmm. their information from but overall it uh you know we just kind of throw out key words or key phrases so the premise of the podcast is you know whoever wants to come on can come on talk about one two maybe three things as to where they see the world is just kind of messed up uh talk about kind of how it happened backtrack it because we all know it didn't happen just by you know ha- happenstance or it didn't just spring up one day you know it's been you know right. a plan um for a long time if you backtrack you can kind of see it and then at the end maybe talk a little bit about you know how to get out of it how to you know live in your own matrix versus the matrix that this world this realm whatever you want to call it is trying to present to you to live in and um and just be able to identify things a little bit better
1: Hey, right. And not only that, but like, what are solutions for, you know, okay, so things are messed up and this is the things you see, but what can you do to make it better? Not just as the world for a whole, but like in your own life, what can you do? And and you start making solutions for your everyday life.
0: Yeah. And you know, almost everybody for the most part has has come back with you know just pulling away being able to do things you know for yourself on your own mm-hmm. if you can grow food if you can trade if you can barter if you have a skill that you know that can trade you know do what you can to get out of it and be able to you know make your world better because this it it's too big of a it's too big of a, a machine that's out there that we're not going to change everything that's going on but you can change things inside your own you know your own circle your own realm your own you know whatever you have going on so Mm -hmm.
1: exactly and not to mention make a huge difference in your basically your energy shift yeah where you you put your focus and if you choose to focus on everything negative and all the bad that's happening or turn you know whatever in your life into a positive so that you live through positive responses to things
0: yeah absolutely and you know it's it's the solutions are out there and they're they're simpler i think than people really give them credit for you know Mm -hmm. people see these things of like ten thousand acre ranches and they think i can't i can't you know i don't i can't afford a ten thousand acre ranch and or i can't move or whatever but it doesn't have to be things like that you know there are things Mm -hmm. that you can you know you get a little herb garden to grow in your apartment or Mm -hmm. you know and find somebody who's got chickens and hates growing herbs like me and I'll gladly trade you as many eggs as you want for the herbs that you're growing cuz <laughs> exactly. I cannot grow herbs and spices to save my life. So
1: and and some people don't want to clean up chicken poop, so that would be a good trade off, right?
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> so I know you get this question and I know we talked about this on your show, but people are going to go John the Fed. Hmm? How did you get your name, John the Fed? And are you really a Fed?
0: I am not a Fed, uh, (laughs) nor will I ever actually claim to be one. The uh, (laughs) moniker was given to me by a a very close friend who's in the podcast community. Uh, I was listening to him on another podcast and found out he really when I started kind of getting really getting into way before I started mine you know, and was just really getting into just trying to get information, try to find out what's out there. Kind of in that in that initial black pill phase that everybody goes through where you get mm-hmm. like just like really depressed because nothing is worthwhile anymore. Nothing, you know, nothing is what it seems. So I reached out to him because I heard on the podcast he's on. He's like, hey, this is where I live. But, you know, there's nobody around me who thinks like I am. And I realized I was only, you know, 25, 30 minutes away from him. Mm-hmm. And so I emailed him and he emailed back. Just one sentence, I think it was four words. Are you a Fed? <laughs> <laughs> so I melted back. I was like, if I was, I wouldn't tell you. But no, I'm not, if you want to believe that. So we ended up getting together, became friends. But when he initially put me in his phone, he put it as John the Fed. And it's just kind of a name that stuck. And now it's one that's recognizable in this community. So it just kind of, mm-hmm. so. If you're hoping to have a Fed on your show, for anybody listening wanting me to come on, it's I'm not. So be disappointed now versus disappointed when I announce it on your show that I'm that I'm a Fed. You're way
1: smarter than a Fed anyway. That's right.
0: (laughs) I think for myself. So
1: I think it's funny, like how those nicknames stick, you know, and people come up with names for you, and you know kudos to you for keeping that because that's a, that's a excellent superb story. Well, so, and you know, the
0: thing is how many Johns are out there? You hear, you know, you right. walk, you walk through a park and somebody else, John, 40 people turn around, you know, mm-hmm. trying to figure out who's yelling their name. So.
1: Right. Yep. And so it's good to be, uh, identifiable in the community. Let's that's put right. it that way. So what made you decide to start your show in the first place?
0: um, you know, it, it was a lot of prodding by uh, by that same friend, uh, Moral Bob. Uh, most mm-hmm. people in this community know him one way or the other, you either love him or hate him. I don't think there's like a middle ground. Like you don't love and hate him. He's <laughs> uh, he's an acquired taste for a lot of people, um, but you know, I, I gladly call him one of my closest friends.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so it was it was him. You know, I was sitting just sitting over the having lunch once a week or every other week or something like that, and just. Uh, um, you know, kind of talking. He's like, "Man, you you've got some good ideas. You should put it out there. You should put it out there." And um, I was like, eh, "It's a lot of you know, it's a lot to take on. I just, I got a lot of going. You, know, you know, you can you can you can make excuses for everything. I got a lot going on. You know, their life <laughs> and blah blah blah." But um, nobody's going to listen. And you know, what if my mom listens? You know, all those kind of
1: mm-hmm. all those kind
0: of things. Um, but you know, through his prodding and just through listening to some of the other. Uh, other great ones that are out there, and uh, even before I started, you know Matt and Ryan over the um, Monday Night Master Debaters had had me on, um, and so sitting, just being able to sit and talk with them. Um, so I mean, it's new. It's I think you and my our episode is number eighteen, so it's only been going on for you know three months or something like that. But mm-hmm. it's it's got a good response. It's been fun. You know, met a lot of lot of a lot of neat people. Met a, some people I honestly would ever want to go on a podcast with. <laughs> That's just the way life is, right? Like, right. I, I'm, I'm, sh- I'm sure I'm i um, I'm an acquired taste for some people, just like they would be an acquired taste for me, you know. And it's, I'm not, I'm not going to placate to be everybody's friend. And I don't expect them to do that to mine. If you know, we right. agree, and it gets beyond a point, then I, you know, it's best for both of our energies just to kind of be like, eh, we probably shouldn't be on a podcast together, and that's just.
1: Yeah, and, and that's no different than everyday life, right? Because there's yeah. people that you know for certain that you want in your circle and other people that you would never allow in your circle in a million years. So Yeah,
0: but the wife makes you keep the kids. So, yeah. <laughs> or the kids make you keep the wife. I don't know which one.
1: We don't always get a choice,
0: right? We, no, we do not. <laughs> Which one of your 17 personalities am I talking to right now?
1: (laughs) You know, and for a lot of people, that is no lie. And we kind of touched on it, like on your show a little bit about how people have like their online personas and then they have their real life personas. And some people are very, very different and distinctive in the two. And some people put on an act like, you know, they're mumbling bumbling idiots and and when you meet them in real life they're not like that at all right so i guess it just depends on what your cup of tea is nobody's gonna like everybody and nobody's gonna get along with everybody and that is completely all right but please do not act like it is a junior high uh mean girls fight (laughs) Or mean boy fight for that right. matter. Right. Right. <clears throat>
0: Keep it like a high school, like a middle school dance instead. You stay on that wall, I'll stay on this wall. We won't exactly each other And <laughs> when a pretty girl comes around, we'll both get real quiet.
1: <laughs> and not say a word. And ever. not say a word. Exactly. <laughs> so let me ask you, um, because when we were talking the other day, I found out that you know, we, we had some similarities because you grew up in California and my husband is from California. Okay. So what made you move out of California in the first place? Um.
0: So it was when my kids were young, my kids were, I don't know, one and three, two and four, you know, and when you have kids, so I've, I've always been kind of, Well, let me let me kind of backtrack. Grew up in a very conservative household, um, quote unquote, Christian household, uh, Southern Baptist traditions and values. Um, For those of you who know what that means, then you absolutely know what that means. So I had those values instilled in me from an early age. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, California was growing up. I didn't really pay much attention because my wife was either consumed with going surfing or playing baseball. And that was, (laughs) that was, that was like school just kind of got in the way. So, but Mm -hmm. I didn't really pay attention to anything else. So kind of go through life, get married. Um, But once you have kids, it kind of opens your eyes to certain things, you know, like you're just not ready to introduce your kids to, you're not ready to, you know, have to deal with, you know, like how, and at that time, California was one of the first states, if not the first state, to really start pushing the um, the whole thing about, like, boys can go into a girl's locker room, girls right. can go into a boy's bathroom. Mm-hmm. And I'm, My kids at the time were, like I said, they were, like, two and four. And it was like, this – I don't want to have to explain to a four-year-old why some girl is walking into his – into the boy's bathroom. Mm-hmm. On the flip side, I don't want to have to explain to my 14-year-old boy when he gets to be that age – why he doesn't need to feel like a girl that day and go to the boys' locker room or in the girls' locker room? Because I know that's mm-hmm. what would happen, because that's what I would have done. Every day in high school, I would have been like, No, I'm a girl today, I'm going to the girls' locker room. What do you do about it? Sorry. You know, and so uh, my wife is originally from Texas, which is where where we're at. Uh we came back, she tricked me because we came back in the winter. And the weather was nice. It wasn't one hundred and one 110 degrees or whatever. Mm -hmm. All the the price of housing, the cost of living, you know, just everything, and four times less than what California was. And the values were were what we wanted at the time. It's 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 flipped in some areas of the bigger cities like Austin and excuse me, San Antonio and stuff like that. But it's. Mm -hmm. For the most part, it still got a lot of the, the kind of those traditional values, the the ones that, you know, um, that I still try to uphold to. Um, so in, in a round long answer, uh, that's the reason why it just because it was the right time. It was, you know, I'd, and I'd also walked into uh, to the job I was working at at the time. Um, and uh I just needed, I needed to, you know, if I was going to advance the way that I wanted to, I needed to be able to have, you know, the space to be able to do that and and everything else. So it just kind of, kind of hit at the right time. It was the height of the housing market in California. We made way too much money on our house. You know, I, not that I'm trying to brag or tell anybody that, but it just, you know, it just was what it was. Right. The cost cost of housing was so ridiculously cheap out here. It was just like, well, if we're going to do it, which I, she had been working on me for, you know, Gosh, I don't know. a Long time <laughs> to move to move out to move out here, and so ended up pulling the trigger, and, and here we are. So, would
1: you say that um, growing up in the family that you did, having been raised with very conservative values and and stuff like that, would you say that you've kind of always like used critical thinking? I'm not going to say been awake because that's that term has been hijacked and co-opted and whatever but would you would you say that you know that has always kind of been ingrained in you to use like critical thinking to rationalize what you're
0: hearing um no i don't i don't think i don't think so you know i don't know if i necessarily would have labeled it as critical thinking but I've always just been one of those who like if I look at something I can auto I usually have a pretty good sense on whether or not it makes sense or not mm-hmm. you know and it's and then if it really interests me then I'll then I'll dive into it you know and you got to remember you're like me. So growing up, I didn't have a cell phone in my hand to be able to to try to find information. It was right. I would have had to have gone to the library. I'd had to check Encyclopaedia Encyclopedia Britannica. Britannica. Yeah, <laughs> I would have had to do. I would have had to do all that stuff. And so, mm-hmm. critical. It wasn't so much critical thinking as much as it was just if it didn't make sense, it didn't make sense. Right, and right. you know, and then like I said, if but it was also. Like I said, a lot of my time was spent, you know, surfing and inside the surfing community in California, which there's not a lot of critical thinking inside surfers minds, you know, for, for various chemical reasons. Um, So there, there's that, but, you know, but playing baseball on the flip side of that, there was a lot of. I guess, and maybe not critical thinking, but analyzing, because you would have to take into account what this situation was, every pitch, every, you know, every at bat, every time around on the field, every, every whatever. So there was, there was that, but, you know, growing up in the church, I was taught really to just accept what I was told rather mm-hmm. than, rather than try to critically think about that. So, right. but, you know, as a 15 year old, as a little kid, as a, even in my early twenties, like JFK assassination, moon landing, you know, whatever you want to call the big conspiracies. Uh, I think like a lot, it, they, they just didn't matter to me. Like it really, they just really didn't matter. Um, right. And a lot of things were just like, Oh, well, that's just the way the world is where it was taxes or, you know, whatever else. Nine eleven was probably the real big thing that got me to start critically thinking when I was just like, okay, that doesn't make any, you know, looking at things that doesn't make any sense at all. I think that's really where it kind of started for me.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's a lot of people's um, starting point, yeah. in the, not just in the community, but in, you know, like, Holy cow, we've been lied to about right. that. Like what else, what else have we been lied to about? And, and sometimes people do, get very black pilled when they first start looking into things and they almost kind of shut down because, you know, it's so much information. It's like an overload. And so, you know, people get off social media for a while or, or whatever, because it's kind of like you go through a dying, a dying off of your old persona where you believe that, you know, the government was good and they would never lie. And then you find out it's a lot of continual.
0: I think it's that. I think it's a lot of, you know, like in a marriage, your self-worth is, is really based on the fact of how you feel that your spouse views you and treats Mm -hmm. you. Right. Right. And if they treat you good. And so it's kind of the same thing with, you know, once you wake up to the government, like you realize the government doesn't care about you, like that part of your self-worth goes away or mm-hmm. not, maybe not self-worth but belief or whatever you want to call it it just right goes away and it's just like you know and it's just i think at the time you're just kind of like man that's just another thing mm-hmm. because it's usually not the first the first thing that hits you but it's just like it's a big thing it's just it's just one of those like it's just another thing that kind of puts a hole in the armor
1: so let me ask you this Gr- being raised like um, in the, in the church, basically in the Baptist traditions and, and stuff like that. How did you find that like growing up? Like if you were in church so much when you were younger, did you kind of like leave that for a while after you got out of your parents' house?
0: Yeah. When I went to college, um, I was far enough away to be able to not be under my mom's watchful eye. But still mm-hmm. close enough to be able to come home on weekends and do laundry, you know. So
1: <laughs> the important things, yeah.
0: Yeah, go shopping in the cabinet when I needed to, <laughs> you know. Uh so it was, you know, as far as just kind of going to church and, and doing all that, it was it just was what life was, you know. Right. And I think it was one of those like ever since the day I was born, basically you know we'd go to church 3 4 times a week and so mm-hmm. you just kind of realize that that's just that's just the way life is you know mm-hmm. for you um i start as i started getting older i kind of started realizing things didn't necessarily make sense from what was going on inside my own household versus what the church was saying a household should look like right. you know from an abusive father to well Everything, it all hinged on my dad, but, you know, from abuse to, you know, just, you know, mental games to all, you know, to all these things. So that kind of got me guessing at it a little bit. But then when I went off to college, it was, um, when I went off to college, it was like I experienced freedom. I didn't know necessarily was out there or if I knew it was out there, like it was automatically supposed to be bad. Uh, and then um, I realized it wasn't bad, or at least it was fun. I, you know, it, <laughs> I, I didn't go to hell at that particular moment. So.
1: <laughs> that came much later. <laughs> that came later.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, you know, and it just kind of, so And at that point in time, it was, it was very much like, I still, I still believed in God, you know, I still believed in Jesus, but I want to live my own life. And I didn't want to be a hypocrite like my dad. So mm-hmm. I kind of put God in this nice, neat little box at the time. I was just like, and this is all where my mindset was at the time. I'd put him in this nice, neat little box. I was like, okay, I know you don't want to deal with it. I know you don't want me doing all this stuff. So I'm just going to put you in here. I'm going to go do it. I'll come back to you later kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and it was, you know, it wasn't like, you know, initially, not that I was did bad you know, I was like I wasn't robbing liquor stores or you know, going and like jumping people into my gang or anything like that. But it was, you know, it was went to college. I was eighteen. I you know the first sip of alcohol and it was like, oh look look at that, I didn't die. You know right. So- And it was like somebody passed you, you know, passed you a joint or, you know, passed you a bong. And so you take, you know, the first time you take a a hit of that or whatever. And so it was just kind of those little incremental things. Mm -hmm. Um, But it wasn't like I was ever, like I said, you know, stealing cars or, you know, knocking old ladies down for their purse or something. That came much later in life.
1: (laughs) He's, he's joking, by the way.
0: Right. Well, that's how I became it. That's really how I became a Fed. They made me an offer of like, you can either go to jail or you can come work for us. We need you to implant yourself in this podcast community.
1: And you're like, deal,
0: deal. deal. That's right.
1: And then you get a med- exciting people like me. So, you know, exactly. even if you are a Fed, uh, congratulations and welcome to my world. So there you go. So. What the with the whole faith thing and you know kind of putting that on the back burner because yeah. I know like I did that everybody I know pretty much has done the same kind of thing. What kind of got you back into it? Was it like after you had kids?
0: It was my kids. It was my first one my first one I was born because I realized I had no I had no example what it was like to be a dad. Mm-hmm. And so I had no clue. I had this little life in my hands, and all of a sudden it was like I, I have no clue what to do with you. Right. Other than don't do what my dad did, but I don't necessarily know how how to make that happen sort of thing. So that's really kind of what what brought me back. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, my wife initially, you know, I knew I kind of when we met, I knew I kind of had to get my act together at least a little bit. Um, Baby steps. A little. Yeah. A little. I'm still not there. I think if you ask her, I probably regressed. Um, but I've got I've got job security because the kids are still here. What's the kid's leave? I need to really get my act together. Um that's
1: when you're really gonna have to step up your game. Yeah,
0: that's what or either that or we'll vote as to what we're gonna do next. So uh yeah, no, it was when my, it was when my son was born. My first my my oldest is when he was born. Cause I was just like, I have no clue what to do with any of this. So right.
1: so I know we had a a brief discussion about this the other day, but where do you stand now on faith? Because I know that you and I have both had some experiences um, within a, within building walls, let's put it that way.
0: Within building walls. I I don't think there's any need for, for four walls and a, and a roof. Agreed. Um, yep. And, and to be led by, by a man in, mm-hmm. you know, or a woman, or by, 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 yeah. I think, you know, man is corrupted. I think we, we talked a little bit about this, but you know, man is corrupted. So everything that comes along with that, but I think, I think the church has become corrupted and I think the Bible mm-hmm. has become corrupted as well. Um, you know, and I'm not saying, I don't think there's a creator. I'm not, saying you know I, that I don't think heaven and hell are real or anything like that but I think the earthly version of what we try to accomplish is it's done by by men and it just or mankind I'll say mankind not men it's done by mankind and it just you know there hasn't been anything created that mankind hasn't and it ultimately uses a weapon for destruction <laughs>
1: You know, we have that discussion literally all the time here because every time there's some kind of new gadget, new technology or something comes out, I'm solely against it all of the time. And he is in a very different school. And so we had that discussion actually right before the show today about, um, you know, like, like church being in a building versus actual people are the church, right. you know, and, and God lives inside of you. And so every gift that you're given is, is God given and whatnot. And why do you need to go to church to hear a pastor who is literally indoctrinated into theology in a school, you know, and stuff like yeah. that. And so we got in this discussion about how is ai also going to play a role in the churchiosity yeah. business
0: you know and i think so if you're a believer in what the church tells you you know you're a believer in god and jesus and the holy spirit i think it's very dangerous for a pastor to tell you that they have the inside track and that other Correct. denominations don't because right. what that means is the holy spirit's lying to some to another pastor but it's not lying to that pastor right and i think that's a if 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 you follow the trajectory of what the church says and what the Bible says and all that, then that's a very dangerous path to be on.
1: Mm-hmm. And God did not create sex of religion, you know, and <clears throat> this is Methodist, this is Okay.
0: S E C T S. You didn't pronounce the C of the T.
1: So he didn't create. All of these different factions, right? We did, and so it's a way for mankind to further uh, distance themselves from the rest of mankind because you go to a different church, you have a different set of beliefs. Our priest said this, our pastor said this, our deacon said this.
0: Well, a lot of times, too, those different factions. The only reason they're different factions is based on money. It's based right. on where their where their money goes, and when something's right. based on money, then there's not. That's not a good. It's not a good basis for anything, right?
1: And you know, um, the perfect thing came up today when we were actually. Oh, happy. thank you. <laughs> this is perfect for this. Um, it was a video that my husband had sent me this morning, but it was talking about. Excuse me, Corinthians and it's talking about you know god works in different ways but is the same god who does the work in all of us so everybody is is has you know god inside of them and so it's talking about how you have been given special gifts and not everybody is given the exact same gifts some people are given you know prophecies some people are given knowledge wisdom you know whatever whatever yeah. but it's like so many people, and like the last church that we went to, it was so cultish because the pastor could do no wrong, no matter what it was, and people would clap for him and you know praise him and almost worship him. Yep, to a point. And I'm like, okay, that is not yeah, church.
0: So church, a lot of hero he, worshiping skinny jeans.
1: Right, exactly. There's that he definitely had the. Had the whole skinny jeans thing down as well. (laughs) Obviously not the same kind of... uh, Not the same era I grew up in. I don't wear skinny jeans. So anyways, going back to um, the abuse from your dad. Was it mental? Was it physical? Was it both? What
0: happened? It was a little bit of everything. Um, You know, it was... It was a lot of mental abuse, but, you know, it was, I don't know, two, three, four times a week of physical abuse as well, probably. Right. Um, And it was on me. Like he never, he never physically abused my sister, my mom at certain times he, he would. Um, And it wasn't, he never, he never hit her or slapped her, but it was a lot of more like pushing uh, arm locks, you know, Mm -hmm. those kind of, those kind of things. So, um, but yeah, for me, it was a, it was a mixture of both.
1: Now, did you ever meet his father? Was his father the same kind of uh, like
0: mean personality? Uh, I met his dad, but I didn't meet them till. Gosh, I don't know. His dad was had to be like seventy when I met them, um, mm-hmm. and he was adopted as well, which you know. People will tell you that that probably has something to do with it as well. His dad was a pastor, um, so in in Georgia, so you know, I'm sure there's a lot of strict bringing up back then as well. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot that has to do with nurture, but I don't. His, from what I remember, at least his dad, my grandpa, seemed very docile, but he was also, like I said, he was he was 70. What is like when he was 50 or 40 or whatever? I have no clue. Mm-hmm. So,
1: so how? Did your, did your parents stay married or was there a time that your mom like had had enough?
0: So we, we spent a lot of time at my grandparents' house, um, on my mom's side, my mom's mom and dad, uh, they lived in the same town. So there were lots of weekends that we were there. My mom, you know, talking to her later in life, uh, she tried to, she, 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 she always apologizes cause she's like, I tried to keep it together you know, cause I thought at that time that was the right thing to do. I realized now I probably should have, should have left, mm-hmm. um, a lot earlier than, than everything happened. Mm-hmm. But, uh, they got divorced when I was 14. I was a freshman of high school. Um, and I was always a, a big guy, you know, I was freshman of high school. I was six, six foot, six, one, something like that. Um, you know, just, a, just a big guy. And, my dad took a swing at me and somehow I moved out of the way. And the next thing I knew he was on the ground because apparently I swung back. It all happened so quick. Like I don't, I still to this day don't remember it actually happening. I just know that it did, but I kind of snapped out of it. He was on the ground. I'm standing there realizing I hit him, um, put him down and thinking he's about to get up and just beat the tar out of me. And he got up, he walked, he walked away and, my mom came to baseball practice later that day. I was like, "Hey, we at your grandparents." Or the next day, uh, she came to baseball practice. Hey, we're your grandparents. Going to need to call them when uh, when you get when you get done um, because your dad's filed for divorce. So that was that was that. So that's in the day when you call collect from a payphone and when you give your name, you you just say, "Hey, I'm ready to get picked up from from practice," and then hang up. <laughs>
1: People don't even know what the hell you're talking about. They right don't now. know what I'm talking
0: about. Do you accept <laughs> the charges from, Hey, I'm done with practice. Nope. Okay. Bye.
1: Please deposit 10 more. That's cents. Right. <laughs> oh boy. So how did your, how did your mom cope? Like after, after they got divorced.
0: So she, was she happier. or did she have a rough time? I th- she was happier. Um, well, I don't know about happier. She was, there was relief, you know, Mm -hmm. we, we could all breathe, you know, Mm -hmm. and whatever, whatever sense of that phrase, whatever it means for, for each one of us. But there was just, there was just relief there. There wasn't tension. There wasn't, you know, wondering when that door opens, who's going to get the brunt of it or anything like that. You know, it was, it was tough, you know, luckily my grandparents were in a spot where they could help out. Um, you know, we lived with them for a little bit. You know, they helped with bills. They helped with, you know, transportation. My grandpa got me my first car, which was an absolute piece of junk, but it taught me how to work on cars. So was um, mine. <laughs> <laughs> it was – it had a roof that hung down – a ceiling that hung down below my head. It had – but it had a detachable face CD player. So, you know, I was – I was styling. Well, you were fancy then. <laughs> I was. I was. but everything else on there was, you know – you. It was the it was the car version of you remember like when your TV as a kid would kind of have the squiggly lines you had to like hit it to like mm-hmm. that's basically what my car was as well. It was the automobile automobile version of that. You know, you had to hit it in certain places to get things running the way the way <laughs> they were supposed to. Get those hamsters going. I, so, I
1: had a car exactly like that. <laughs> so yes, I remember.
0: But <laughs> and I, a TV
1: like that too.
0: So she shoes relieved, oddly enough she got more support from her non church friends than she did from her church friends. You mm-hmm. know, she got the divorce and it was a mixture of one. My dad was just, he was like, other than the pastor, like the most like, most like guy in the church, people couldn't believe he was just that way. He just, you know, cause he put on a front, you know, in front right. of people and behind closed doors was different, but to, it was also like, she had a scarlet letter across her chest and mm-hmm. her, her female friends don't know how to react to it because coming to find out later down the line you know they didn't want their husband around a newly divorced woman which I mean I guess I guess I get that but at the same time you know if the church is supposed to be a hospital for the wounded right you know, she was but she didn't get that so again like I said she got she got more support and more healing from her from her non-church friends than mm-hmm. than she did from the people inside the church
1: mm-hmm. it's because they're so incredibly indoctrinated into their belief systems yes. and like if you get divorced like you're going to hell and right. you know all of these other things well we as human beings are not meant to be miserable and I can tell you because I've been I was divorced before I did not marry the first the right person At, right off the bat I could say that it was a huge mistake should have never been done, you know? And so by doing that and going through that, I actually met the person I was meant to be with who makes life very happy and simple. Right. But the church is so like, it's so ingrained that, that you can't do that. And if you get divorced, you're not going to heaven.
0: Yep. Yeah. It, but you know, it's funny because the church really, the church as a whole, it, it really mimics just the way that the world is. Right. Cause you have some mm-hmm. people who take the very much the hard line of, mm-hmm. and then you have on the other side, people who take the, just do what you want. What makes you feel better? What, you know, mm-hmm. and it just, yeah, it, it's supposed to be a beacon out there for people, but it just, it's not. So. Right.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's why, you know, we talk about that a lot on this show, how, you know, church can be a very big deterrent for people. Because people inside are so hypocritical and they live so very differently. They're like inside the church. They're very, very religious, very godly people. And then as soon as they walk out those doors, it's a very different story. But in my opinion, those are people who are not living up to their full accountability in God because you can't be two people. And you can't hide part of you and be a whole person. That's not possible.
0: Well, it's like that quote by Gandhi and I'm going to mess it up. But the basic gist of it is that, you know, your Jesus. I like, he was talking to a Christian. It might've been Billy Graham, but he's talking to some Christian guy. And he's like, "Your Jesus. I like very much, but it's your Christians that ruin it for me.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's very true. And it, you know, you can tell like a really good Christian person by the way that they live and the, and the not split personalities. Right. <laughs> you have to be genuine at all times and be the same kind of person at all times. So, so let us get into, um, when you moved to Texas, yep. you decided that you were going to homestead. So how did that come about? How did the decision on the animals come about and how much research did you have
0: to do to do that? Okay. So I mentioned before, grew up in California grew up on the beach, grew up surfing, uh, moved to Texas. I'm now landlocked. And so um, I realized, well, I'm not going to be surfing. I need to find something else to, you know, better my time with. Um, And so you know, I wasn't even thinking of it like homesteading. I was just thinking of it as like something to do, kind of thing, Mm -hmm. uh, just something to get into. And I was like, well, you know what? I'm in Texas. You raise animals, right? That's what everybody does. We don't have any oil, so we got to raise we got to raise animals. Um, So I called my brother in law. My brother in law is a he's a farmer, um, and he knew where we were and, you know, seen everything. And I was like, what do you, what do you suggest? What, what should I do first? He's like, do chickens, go with chickens. They're the easiest. They basically kind of take care of themselves, you know? Um, so he helped me get it set up. And after that, I was like, man, this is, these are easy. And so, uh, had an area I wanted to put a garden, but, uh, I didn't feel like pulling all the weeds and all the grass and everything. <laughs> So, Same. So I, I, found, I found a lady who, uh, she raised, she raises goats. She raises goats for meat, but she also raises mm-hmm. a for show for like 4-H and, and, you know, ag and stuff like that. Um, and she sells them. Well, apparently her meat goats found a hole in the fence, and impregnated some of her show goats. And she's like, well, I'm not going to sell them, but I'm, you know, we're not going to, basically she's giving them away. So I was like, I'll take them. So because I was like, I need some, something to eat all this grass and all these weeds and, and mm-hmm. everything else. That's how the that's how the goats came about. Um, the pigs first started because my oldest when so out here in Texas, when you go to high school, you basically have to register for what you think you want to do when you grow up. And they will give you your class, your high school classes, according to that. So not mm-hmm. everybody has the same math. Not everybody has the same English. You know, um, the scientists because he thought at the time he wanted to do ag. So he had like animal sciences, small animal management, stuff like that. He came home one day. He's like, Hey, I'm going to raise a pig for 4-H. Like, you're and you're do- like, what? You're gonna do what? <laughs> <I> say what? <laughs> you're like, I'm going to raise a pig for 4-H. Oh, okay. Where keep you keep it, keep it in your room? Well, that's what I asked. Him. I was like, where are you going to keep it? He goes, I don't know. I was like, well, where are you going to get it from? I don't know. I was like, okay. So I called his, uh, his, his teacher who's also the head of the 4-H, and he's like, well, the ag barn is full, um, so you're going to have to find another place to keep it. And I was like, well, where do we get them? And he's like, well, depending on what kind you want. I was like, I want this is our first kind. If it dies, it's not going to hurt financially, raising, raising a pig. That's what I want. Mm-hmm. So he gave me a couple of numbers to call. So I called him and the guys were like, yeah, we're at the very end of the season. We've only got a few left. First couple of people I called, they wanted like $3,000 for their pig. I'm like, no, I'm not <laughs> sure if he's going to make hard, it. Hard like, pass. What do you have for 50? What do you have for $50? And a dozen eggs. So uh found a guy who gave us a good deal um, on the last pig that he had. And so we brought it home and uh, put it in where the chickens were until we were able to make, basically make a like a pig area. Um, and stuff like that. So, and after that, I realized they were actually fairly easy because we had everything done. So, did that. And then my brother in law was like, "Hey, I've got some." Uh, like a couple of years later, I like, have hey, got some people down there who want to raise, who want to buy turkeys. Do you feel like raising turkeys? I'll you know, I'll, I'll give you a couple start or give you some start you off. Um, and so that's how we got into turkey, you know, raising turkeys for Thanksgiving and stuff like that. So, um, chickens, pigs, turkeys. Oh, and then in the past year or so we've started doing uh, bees as well. Um,
1: so I want to know um, like about that, like what, what made
0: you get into the bees? Uh, really? I, I like honey. Like, so really what it is more than anything else is I've really tried to make it where I don't have to go to the store very often. Um, just with the way prices of everything are going and everything like that, so you know that's why that's why I hunt, you know, just to fill my freezer. You know, mm-hmm. that's why we raise some of our animals is to fill our freezer or fill fill our freezer. You know, fill our fridge and you know do eggs and stuff like that. But the bees were just like honey started getting more and more expensive, so I started looking into because I found out you can get like ag exemptions for bees and grants and all kinds of things. So I started looking into it and I found this place, basically they will pay you to raise bees as long as they can come out and, you know, and inspect them and, you know, they'll take some honey, but you can get honey from it anytime you want and all that kind of stuff. So it just kind of, just kind of lined up that way.
1: It's such an interesting thing because, you know, when, when people talk about, you know, having a small farm or, or things like that, it's usually chickens and, and stuff, yeah. you know, and very rarely do you ever run across anybody who does bees. But I find it fascinating because bees have been part of healing yes. therapies for thousands of years, like all the way back yeah. to ancient Egyptian times you know ancient chinese times whatever they have always used that and that's one of the things that they're discovering now for patients with mental health um or vets with ptsd disorder or whatever is apotherapy yeah And, and it's bees and it's from every component that you can get either from a bee or from their hive
0: yeah and you know it's um and that was kind of the deciding Is as I started researching into it, um, you know, cause I've always, I've always heard about kind of the, the magical powers that honey has that it's, mm-hmm. you know, just a magical elixir and which mm-hmm. I firmly believe because I've put it on cuts. I've put it on, you know, open wounds. I've done, you know, done a lot of things with honey. And so started researching into that and kind of just figured out just even the vibration that the bees give off being around it so much, how good it is for you, how good it is for your you know your animals for mm-hmm. for your garden for you know for everything that's out there mm-hmm. um and so i i don't know if i told you this actually on my podcast or or afterwards or before but you know i um when we first got the bees i i sprained my ankle something fierce and you know i was telling you like it went purple automatically like mm-hmm. just just not overnight like it just went it was just purple um and you know after talking to a buddy he suggests like dude go sit with your bees put it up on the box um you know let them just go around which you know everybody has this fear of bees like that they're going to sting you that they're going to do and i think that's just i I don't want to use the word propaganda, but I think that's probably the best word to use is we're taught to be afraid of bees because everybody, because the ones who are teaching be afraid know the healing power that it has. The same right. thing with COVID, like when they told us not to be within six feet of each other because it took, took away that, that feel. And it's the same thing with bees. Like you can go, you can be around a bee. And as long as you're not afraid, they're not afraid either. Like they pick right. up, they pick up on your vibration as much as you pick up on theirs. So anyways, went out there and just sat with them, grabbed a the book, you know what they're flying around me and they're landing on me, but they're not stinging. Cause they're, you know, they're not worried about, you know, anything like that. And literally like the next day I woke up and that purple was gone. I was able to walk on my foot. You know, there are a few mm-hmm. times where I take a wrong step and be a little tender or whatever, but it was just like the vibration from being out there with them for like three or four hours and just having them be around. It was just like, it, it healed my ankle. It was, mm-hmm. it was amazing. But you know, even my, my, my youngest, he, uh, he was diagnosed with ADHD and he had real bad migraines. But after we got the bees, cause they're kind of at the corner of his, of where his bedroom is like, he's not on his ADHD medicine anymore. His migraines are gone as well. And I'm, mm-hmm. I haven't researched it enough to say it's the bees, but we got the bees and it stopped. So,
1: well, and it's definitely has something to do with the bees because the bees have, you know, anywhere from like 125 to, 250 hertz as yeah. far, you know, depending on what what is going on in the hive at that yep. particular time is why the vibration frequency
0: changes. Yeah, they can change it so, even to protect themselves. I don't know if you've ever seen that video of when that there's a hornet or something like that that came into a, uh, or a wasp or something like that came into a beehive and they basically changed their vibrational frequencies and cooked it to death. Yes. Which is just yeah. nuts.
1: And they can, and that's why, you know, you were right about the propaganda with, you know, bees and, and if, you know, everybody should be terrified of bees and you're going to get stung by bees. And you know what that is? That is a means to sell an EpiPen. (laughs) Selling the fear to everybody that you are going to be stung to death. You're going to have all these, you know, awful symptoms. Your throat's going to swell, blah, blah, blah psychosomatic so then you start feeling these things wouldn't really in all actuality that's not the case at all it's right. just a, a means for big pharma to make more money in the first place but because of the healing frequency that's why your son is, yeah. is better and yep. it doesn't have that because what they release as far as you know the harmony of their in their frequency that is neurological healing frequency. And that's why when they do the apitherapy, they tune tuning forks to the frequency of bees. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think it's, I think it's that with him. And I think it's the fact this kid never wears shoes unless he has Mm -hmm. to. And so he's great. He grounds himself. The grounding mixed with the vibrations of the, of the bees. It -hmm. just, you know, and it's things like that that just make me, you know, a true believer of, you know, just how much is out there in nature. If you can find real nature, you know, it's going to the store and buying an orange or a banana, unfortunately, not the same thing. it's not the same thing because those aren't, they're not real oranges or bananas anymore, or they've mm-hmm. been forced to grow so quickly that, you know, you don't even get the nutrients or whatever it is you need from them. So,
1: so do a, you yeah. make products with your honey?
0: uh no like i'll give it to people that i know make products like if they like i know people who, do, who make like will use it to do like soap um mm-hmm. and they'll they'll do other things but i don't i don't make anything with it. i just make honey i mean i make peanut butter and honey sandwiches if that mm-hmm. if that counts as a product so do
1: you do you make like um elixirs or anything for yourself with like garlic or anything with the honey
0: the only one that i make with honey is and i'll probably start making i need to start making it pretty soon since the weather's about to change is we call it fire water uh, but it's basically it's like cloves and garlic and honey and uh apple cider vinegar and a you, you know a bunch of those things like that are supposed to keep your system pure and clean and stuff like that that's mm-hmm. about the only thing i'll make with it
1: do you ever collect like the beeswax and the royal jelly and yes yeah. So what do you do with those? Do you give that I away? Give it you? away. That's so crazy.
0: I give it away, or I'll trade it. Like I'll, I go down to the local's farmer, farmer's market, and I'll find people who kind of have things that I want,
1: mm-hmm. and I'll
0: be like, hey, I've, I've got bees. I've got this. I don't do anything with it. Would you be willing to trade me X amount of things for you know, for, for whatever it is that I have? And mm-hmm. a lot of them are pretty much open to it. So, or I'll just right. give it. Like I said, or I'll just give it away.
1: That's fantastic, though, because there's there's so many products that come, like from a beehive, that you can actually use for medicinal purposes. Yeah, like I would love to have your beeswax because I make soap out of beeswax.
0: Do you? Uh huh. See if I I wonder if I can share. I don't.
1: I don't use. You know, like a like a lot of people, they're like, "Oh, you can't have soap unless you go through the saponification process right. and use lye." You don't have to use lye, no, at all. Oh. And and beeswax is fantastic as far as soap goes because it's very very moisturizing.
0: I have to, yeah. I'll um I'll see if I can if I can send you some. You should make
1: honey sticks.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I just honestly like I like just putting a spoon in the jar of honey and just eating it, you know, just taking it. I do that every morning, two spoonfuls of honey, you know. Just well, to, and
1: it's, it's great because, you know, the honey that you have is so pure. Yeah. You can't buy that kind of stuff in the store, even if it says raw, unfiltered, whatever. Right. It's not the same thing.
0: Yeah, and people like it because they'll come over, you know, we have mm-hmm. friends come over and they they know just to bring mason jars and they'll go out and just fill up their stuff, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. Or whatever.
0: It's the same thing with our with our chickens, like they'll you know, I'll just give their kids. I'm like, whatever eggs you guys get in the in the coop, you guys can have. So they'll, you know, the, the kids go out there with the baskets and you know, bring in the eggs or whatever. Mm-hmm. So
1: So as far as like uh the turkeys for Thanksgiving and, and stuff like that, a lot of people when they raise like chickens and stuff, they'll only raise like chickens for eggs. They don't raise meat chickens or whatever. What is the difference between a meat chicken and a chicken that lays eggs? Can you not eat both?
0: So meat chickens, typically they are raised faster. You give them different food, not, you know, if it's in a store or whatever, granted it'll be all hormones, but you know, your meat Mm -hmm. chickens, your meat birds, you really just, you get them, it's a different breed. They're called broilers is what they call them. And they're bred to be raised quick to grow up for meat. Basically um, your egg layers, you know, you don't get start getting eggs until like four months, five months mm-hmm. um, when it, but you know, your broilers, you, you raise and slaughter after, I don't know, 18 weeks, something like that. So,
1: so did you know how to process a chicken and stuff like that? Because you were already a hunter or was it something
0: that you had to learn? I had to learn the, the kind of the nuances of it. I mean, the, just kind of more of like where things laid in a chicken's body versus a deer's body or an elk's body or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, but for the most part, uh, for the most part is, is pretty much the same, pretty much the same thing. Um, you know, go back to what you're asking before, uh, the biggest, I just completely lost my train of thought. What did you ask me right before you asked me (laughs) that question? You asked me. Uh, What's the
1: difference between a meat chicken and a.
0: Yeah. So the other difference is. So all chickens will lay, you know, your egg layers, they'll lay eggs no matter what it, um, you know, they lay, Certain breeds lay like 285 eggs a year, some lay like 320 eggs a year, some lay like 350. So they will always be laying eggs. It takes the rooster to inseminate the egg though to where it can actually have a chick grow inside it. So that's one of the differences as well as you keep your, you know, your meat chickens away. So the rooster doesn't have anything to do with them. And then you have your production, your egg layers, where if you're going to, you know, have, you know, have grow, you know, chicks or whatever, you keep them all together as well. So.
1: So what do you do with your goats?
0: Uh, right now you I just, like, breed them. Um, I, I'll breed them out. Uh, Cause both my goats right now are boys. The, the two that I have right now, are, they're both males. Um, so uh, we've got friends who have goats uh, as well. And so we'll take them over or they'll bring some of the females over here to breed them. Um, and then typically I'll get, you know, one or two of the of the goats that are bred and then we'll raise them for meat. If we get a female, then we'll milk it and we'll use it for, you know, goat milk, goat butter, you know, all those kind of things as well. Do you
1: guys make your own like milk and butter? Yeah,
0: yeah milk, not so much because <clears throat> I'm not the biggest fan of goat milk. I've um, never had it and I've never had goat meat either. Goat meat is good, depending on if it's if it's prepared correctly and what part of the goat it's from. Like if it's mm-hmm. a shoulder, the shoulder is the best part of the goat. Out here, they call it cabrito, and it's just it's fantastic. Um, but if it's seasoned right, you know you can you can eat almost almost any part of it. Um, but I've
1: eaten some weird stuff before, but that's one of the things I've never tried.
0: Goat milk is kind of it's got kind of a sour taste to it. So I'm not the biggest fan. Kind of it, like buttermilk. But yeah, it's a little bit more than buttermilk. A little bit more. I would like that. Mm-hmm. No, it's um. Uh, and same thing with goat cheese. Like goat cheese is kind of got a, a a very blue cheesy kind of tang to it. Yeah,
1: I like goat cheese.
0: <laughs> so it's because I but- like
1: blue cheese, but I've never I've never tried the milk. That's not something that's like. super common if i get the milk
0: basically i'll trade there's somebody down the road who they've got they've got cows and so i'll trade them my goat milk for their cow milk
1: Mm you know
0: because their cow milk is unpasteurized unheated it's raw Mm -hmm. so that's what that's what we get because that's what i like
1: i've never had raw cow milk either
0: it's like drinking heavy heavy cream it's oh i would like that (laughs) i like to
1: cook with heavy cream (laughs) yeah
0: it's so good it's just thick uh, and rich and full of nutrients. It's so good.
1: So obviously, you know, when I start my farm, um, right, sometime I'm gonna have to call you to get some
0: help. I'll be out um, there
1: because <laughs> because I have no idea uh, how to do those kind of things.
0: Yeah. Oh, you'd asked me before if you know, kind of like how I got into it and how it most of this stuff though is kind of like just the way I, I am in life in general is I kind of jump in and then I look around when I'm in the middle of it and mm-hmm. go, okay, where do we need to correct while we're here? You know, I don't, I, if it's something I want to do, typically I, I, I do it for the most part. Um, and then I kind of look around and figure, well, a, should I have done this? And B, if I'm still supposed to be doing it, what, what exactly am I doing right now?
1: Mm-hmm. So whatever happened with the pig, do you still have pigs now?
0: We do, you do have more we, than one pig. Uh, so uh, we raise them, and then um, my oldest he did FFA, so we'd always take it to auction. My youngest is doing FFA and 4H now, so you know when we raise the pigs, then they take them to, to show, and then they get they get auctioned off. Um, but then we raise, we just uh, so typically we'll try to raise like four. Um, and then I keep one who we breed her out. And then when the three that are that, when they get old enough, big enough, heavy enough, then we slaughter them and fill our freezer with them. And then Mm -hmm. we'll breed, we'll breed the, the female out again. And then when she has piglets, you know, then we'll raise them and then do the same thing over and over and over again.
1: That's kind of nice. I, I, I would not mind that at all. There's a lot of people that are out there that always say you should never eat pork, the pork's the dirtiest animal and blah, blah, blah. It probably I, is. I love pork and it depends on what you feed your pork as yeah. to
0: if it's a dirty animal or not. Well, I figured if God didn't want us to eat bacon, he'd make it taste like broccoli. <laughs> or Brussels sprouts. Or Brussels sprouts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he wants us to eat bacon because it tastes like bacon. So, which Which was weird. I remember the first time I sent... So, you know, we'll slaughter the we'll slaughter the pigs. And then I sent them out to get processed. Um And I got like 60 pounds of bacon back the first time I, I did it. And it was all white. And I was like, uh no, I, this is bacon. I wanted bacon. and I didn't realize that the bacon you get in the store has got so much dye and mm-hmm. everything else in there. And that was the same reason thing with the turkeys. Like that's what I tell people you want to, you want to buy a 20 pound Turkey. You're going to get 18 pounds of meat. If you buy it, you know, For me or for somebody else who's selling, you buy it at the store, you buy a 20 pound turkey, you're going to get eight to 10 pounds because the rest of it's filled with water. That's why Mm -hmm. you put that drip pan at the bottom of your, of your oven every year when you're cooking Thanksgiving. It's just, Mm -hmm. you know, so you start learning these things as like, just how much better just this natural food is Mm -hmm. for you.
1: Absolutely. So are you, I know, um, I have another friend that lives in Texas that has a problem with wild boar on his yeah. property have you across run across
0: that out here. uh so we've got some land up outside of waco that's been in my wife's family for gosh it was, even <laughs> before texas waco. Even, even before Texas became a state i mean it's been in her family for a long time um so there's there's on the land that we have up there there's like three or four different packs of hogs down mm-hmm. here where i'm at we don't get i haven't seen i haven't seen hogs in 10 12 years probably
1: yeah, I love wild boar. Wild boar is, I think, amazing and it makes, yeah. you know, for amazing hamburger or steaks or, you know, whatever. Yeah. It's fantastic.
0: Yeah. typically, So we go up every year in April and have a big family reunion up there. So usually my wife's cousin and I'll go out and we'll shoot a pig or two, or a boar or two mm-hmm. and then we'll, you know, dig a big pit and, throw it in there and basically mm-hmm. have like a Hawaiian barbecue version of a pig roast. That's
1: the best way to roast a pig, by the way. Yep. <laughs> those are those, uh, down home, uh,
0: redneck secrets of mine. <laughs> Ex- exactly. It's the same thing. like, after we shot the pig, her cousin was like, well, how are we going to get it back? Cause we were, you know, half a mile from wherever. And this thing's 200 pounds. So I was like, go get your tractor. So he got his tractor. We mm-hmm. put it on the, you know, in the scoop and, and drove mm-hmm. it back. I was like, "This is the this like when it comes to things like this, you got to work smarter, not harder." Exactly. You be smart about it.
1: Or we used to do like uh quads and have tarps. Yeah. You know, and then pull the tarp along with the yep. whatever on it. So yeah. Oh my! Well, my dear, I adore you. We hit it off quite well. Oh, um, we did. And you're so funny. And I encourage anybody out there in the podcast community that does not know John yet, get to know him, have him on your show, because you will have an absolute blast because he He's, is just a silly weirdo like
0: me. So, a lot of pressure. <laughs> a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure.
1: <laughs> so, my dear. Tell them again the name of your show and sure. where all they can find you.
0: Sure. Name of the show is uh, how the hell did we wind up here? Pretty simple because I think that a lot of people already look around and just say that to themselves already and like, how the hell did we wind up here? Mm-hmm. You know, whether you're looking at your husband or your wife or your kids or just the world that's going <laughs> around or whatever, how the hell did we wind up here? Uh, it's on all your or podcasters. Joe Biden or, or Joe Biden. anywhere he is. Pretty much, I think anybody listening <laughs> to this knows exactly how we wound up there. For the I would I would venture to say, you know, <laughs> they know. Um, but yeah, no, I'm on all the podcasters. You know, your Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeart. Uh, I don't know, whatever's out there. Google it or not Google it, but put, put how the hell did we wind up here in it? If it doesn't show up there, go to the next one until you find it. Um, mm-hmm. And then you find me on Instagram as well, uh, how the hell did we wind up here? Uh, all one word. Um, if you can't find me, go to, go to deplorable Janet's Instagram. And I'm on there at least following yep. her. I don't know if she follows me or not,
1: but. I do follow you.
0: She does. So now I've made it. Now I've made it. If I get deplorable Janet following me, then, then I have made it. So I've been I've been followed by worse. So
1: that's when people delete their
0: accounts. (laughs) I would if I could remember my password. That's the problem. You have to remember your password for all these things. Yes, that means you're stuck with me. (laughs) (laughs) I've been stuck with way worse, Janet. I would I would gladly be stuck with you.
1: Well, my dear, it was an absolute pleasure to have you on this show today. Thank you for coming on. Uh keep up the good work with the bees. That is super exciting. And someday I'm gonna run down there and visit you. And Please. Uh, I got a
0: chicken coop that needs to be cleaned. So come on down.
1: Oh yeah. I don't I am really good at cleaning up poop, obviously. <laughs> I've done that my whole life. So yeah, I'll be down there uh petting your animals, chilling with the bees. Yeah. Collecting some honey and stuff. There you go. So, Thank you again for joining me. Thanks for listening, everybody. Make sure you go like, share, subscribe, download his podcast. Follow him on Instagram. And for me and for John the Fed, we'll see you next time. Have a good one. Sounds good. Thank you.